and welcome to the first episode of Genius Little Minds, the podcast about childhood mental health from the perspective of a licensed mental health professional. In this episode and future episodes, we'll dive into all aspects of childhood mental health, from anxiety and mood disorders to family dynamics, behavioral issues, and more. We'll also talk about the best ways to support your child in school and at home and how to find help if needed. I'm Dr. Madeline Vieira, a clinical child psychologist specializing in infant mental health and childhood anxiety disorders. I also work with a range of mental health concerns from psychological disorders like depression, ADHD, and autism spectrum disorder to academic achievement challenges, behavioral difficulties, family changes, and more. In my line of work, I see a lot of kids and parents who are struggling, but I also get to see the successes once they finally get the treatment they need. My mission is to shine a light on childhood mental health and to bring parents and their children the information and support they need to thrive. In this episode, we'll discuss the broad spectrum of childhood mental health, and in future episodes, we'll dive deeper into the topics mentioned today and more. Today, we're talking about the basics of childhood mental health, including why should we focus on childhood mental health? Common childhood mental health disorders like ADHD, anxiety, depression, and autism spectrum disorder. And we'll close on the importance of getting support and the types of support available. Over the course of this series, we'll be discussing what you can do to help your child, how mental health impacts the family dynamics and the child's social world, as well as evidence-based practices that have been proven to be effective in treating children with mental health issues. If you gain one thing from this podcast is that you are not alone. Many families struggle with the same things that you do, and there is help available. I believe that with the right information, you can make empowered decisions for your family. So, through the latest research and real-life stories, you'll be equipped with the tools you need to support your child on their journey to mental health and wellness. Let's jump in. Why childhood mental health? So, first off, why are we talking about mental and behavioral health in young children? Mental health is often seen as something that mainly affects adults, But the reality is that one in six children will experience a mental health disorder in any given year. And we know that half of all mental illnesses begin by the age of 14. Mental health is not just an issue amongst teens. In fact, one in 10 children between 5 and 16 meet the criteria for a mental illness. However, only 30% of these children ever receive early intervention. This means that the vast majority have mental health needs that are going unmet. So... That means that there are a lot of children out there struggling with their mental health and a lot of families desperately trying to figure out how to help their children. Yep, being a parent is one of the hardest jobs in the world. You have lousy hours, an unpredictable schedule, your boss is constantly yelling at you and your paycheck is nowhere to be found. But on the bright side, your kids are really cute. Sometimes. Maybe not when they're screaming at the top of their lungs because the grocery store is out of red gummy bears. Raising a child can be difficult enough as it is, but when you add in a mental health disorder on top of that, it can feel downright impossible at times. In my career, I've talked to countless parents who feel like they're walking on eggshells around their child, always worried about triggering a meltdown or an outburst. Or the parents who have tried it all, different diets, 
supplements, therapies, and nothing seems to be working. It's hard not to feel hopeless when your child is suffering and you just don't know what to do. The good news is that when addressed early on, mental health concerns can be very successfully treated. And as a parent, you play a large role in helping your child get the help they need and through supporting them at home. Which is why I'm here, to give you the tools and information you need to help your child. But before getting into the specifics of mental health disorders in children, let's take a step back and define childhood mental health. Broadly, we can consider mental health in young children as the emotional, social, and behavioral well-being of the child. As we all know, childhood is a time of immense change and growth, and we can't separate mental health from the cognitive development, social-emotional development, and language development that young children are experiencing. And a child's mental health impacts not only how they can handle stressful situations, but also how they learn to manage emotions, interact with friends and family, and even learn in school. In other words, their mental health is intimately intertwined with every aspect of their lives. All right, now it's time to address the elephant in the room, the big one. The thought that sends all parents running for the hills. Is my child's mental illness caused by bad parenting? You've probably heard this said many times in different ways, like if you show a child enough love, they won't develop a mental illness. Or if you just spend more time with your child, their behavior will improve. And I'm here to set the record straight. This is one of the biggest myths about mental health. The truth is that parents do not cause their child's mental illness and bad parenting isn't the problem here. You can release that sigh of relief now. But Dr. Vieira, you just said that mental health is linked to all these different aspects of a child's life. Surely parenting is a big part of that. Yes, it's true that your child's mental health is linked to their environment, including their family life. But that is only one aspect of a complex web of factors that contribute to a child's mental health. Most mental health issues do not have a single direct cause. Rather, they are linked to a combination of genetic and environmental factors. A child raised in the most loving and stable home environment can still develop a mental health disorder, and it's not your fault. So what's most important for parents to know is that mental health is not a reflection of your parenting. But as a parent, you can play a vital role in helping your child get the help they need. But how do you tell if your child has a mental illness or if they're experiencing a struggle that's part of their normal development? When people think about the signs of mental illness in children, many tend to look for the signs and symptoms that are most similar to adult mental illnesses. For example, a child who is withdrawing and not interacting with friends or family may be seen as having depression. But what we know through research is that the signs of childhood mental health issues can look different. So the withdrawn child may be experiencing depression, but there could be other less obvious mental health issues underlying their behavior. Also, the signs of mental health issues in children aren't always called mental health problems. They're often considered behavior problems or emotional problems. Your child's teacher may come to you and tell you that your child is having a hard time paying attention during lessons or that your child is disrupting the classroom. Or you may notice that your child has a hard time controlling their emotions. These could also be signs of depression in a child. And because one of the biggest challenges parents face is knowing if this concern is an early sign of mental health problems or just normal age-appropriate behavior, let's take a closer look at some of the most common childhood disorders. 
ADHD. ADHD, or Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, is one of the most commonly diagnosed mental health disorders in children. Just in the UK, it's estimated that 3.6% of boys and around 1% of girls aged 5 to 15 meet the criteria for ADHD. In the US, 12% of boys and 5.6% of girls aged 2 to 17 have been diagnosed with ADHD. And while boys are diagnosed with ADHD at higher rates, girls are more likely to get diagnosed with ADD, the inattentive type of ADHD, often closer to the teenage years. Global estimates average around 5% of children meeting the criteria for ADHD. One of the biggest challenges of getting an exact number is that many countries have different criteria for diagnosing ADHD. However, what we do know is that millions of children are impacted by this chronic condition, and it can look very different across different children. But the three main categories of ADHD include inattention, also known as ADD, hyperactivity and impulsivity, as well as the combination of inattention and hyperactivity. And a child with ADHD may have all these symptoms or just one. So these issues can look like struggling to stay organized, problems with getting ready on time, and having a hard time listening to and remembering instructions. Kids who have ADHD may struggle in school and have trouble making friends. And as a chronic condition, many of these issues can persist into adulthood, especially if the child doesn't get the right treatment. There are a lot of myths and misconceptions around ADHD. For example, people often think that ADHD is just an excuse for kids to be naughty or lazy, or that it's something they'll eventually grow out of. The truth is ADHD is a lifelong condition that can impact every area of a child's life. And while it can be very challenging to deal with, it's important to know that the child is not misbehaving on purpose. They're not trying to be difficult, but certain things are just harder for them to do. Researchers haven't been able to pinpoint the exact cause of ADHD, but there are a few factors that seem to contribute to the development of ADHD. First, there seems to be a strong genetic component. ADHD seems to run in families, and research suggests that if a parent has ADHD, their child has more than a 50% chance of developing it. There are a few other factors that can increase the likelihood of ADHD, including premature birth, low birth weight, and smoking during pregnancy. And environmental influences like living in a city with pollution while pregnant can also increase the chance that your child will have ADD or ADHD. And while it is a lifelong condition, it's important to know that there are treatments that can help children manage their ADHD symptoms. And with that support, many people with ADHD can lead happy and healthy lives. Anxiety. Now I want to turn to the topic of anxiety disorders. As an anxiety specialist, I've worked with a vast range of anxiety disorders in children, from separation anxiety to generalized anxiety to obsessive compulsive disorder. Several disorders fall under the anxiety umbrella, but typically anxiety disorders are a range of mental health conditions that cause feelings of worry and fear. It's normal for children to feel worried from time to time, like when they have a big test at school or they're going to their first day of camp. But for children with anxiety disorders, these feelings don't go away easily. If your child is constantly anxious, the anxiety seems to be getting worse, 
and they are unable to manage their emotions, the anxiety can start to affect their school and home life. So some signs that your child has anxiety are constant worry or fear, trouble sleeping or nightmares, feeling sick or having a lot of headaches, finding it hard to concentrate, crying a lot, experiencing emotional outbursts and irritability, or avoiding social situations. So why do children develop anxiety? There could be a number of reasons, from being genetically predisposed to anxiety to experiencing stressful life events like frequently moving or experiencing the death of a loved one. We also know that children with ADHD and autism spectrum disorders are more likely to have comorbid, coexisting conditions, like an anxiety disorder as well. While there's no straightforward answer to that question, there seems to be an interplay between genetics and environmental factors. Many children will develop some kind of anxiety. In the UK, anxiety affects anywhere from 5 to 19% of children and adolescents. And in the US, approximately 7% of children aged 3 to 17 have diagnosed anxiety. And sometimes childhood anxieties include separation anxiety, the fear and worry of being away from a caregiver. Other anxieties include the fear of specific things like dogs, the dark, or thunder. As a parent, a top concern is, well, how serious is this problem? And typically, if the anxiety starts to disrupt your child's ability to engage in everyday activities, causes a lot of distress, and your child can't manage it on their own, then it's likely time to seek help. One of the most challenging things as a parent is not knowing what's going on with your child and what you can do. And when you and your child work with a mental health specialist, they can help you understand what's going on. They'll help your child work through the situation, give them tools to manage their symptoms and cultivate a healthier relationship with their anxiety. Depression. In the past, it was thought that only adults could get depressed. But as we know more about childhood mental health, it's become clear that children can suffer from depression and starting as young as three years old. Common signs include changes in emotions and behavior, like a child that is sad for most of the day and says negative things about themselves. But depression in children can also have some unexpected symptoms like temper tantrums or academic difficulties. Other big signs include changes in your child's interests and engagement in activities they once enjoyed, reduced energy levels, a lack of interest in being around friends, and problem sleeping. It's totally normal for children to get sad or feel down at times. They're human after all. And experiencing a range of emotions is all part of normal development and learning how to manage these emotions. But depression involves intense or overwhelming symptoms that last for an extended period of time, typically for two weeks or more. Depression is a mental illness that affects the way you think, feel, and act. So a child with depression may feel really sad, hopeless, or helpless for a long time. And like other mood disorders and mental health issues, getting support early will help your child work through the depression, feel better faster, and reduce the risk of developing depression in adulthood. Autism. The last condition I want to touch on today is autism spectrum disorder. 
with one in a hundred individuals having autism spectrum disorder, this is one of the most prevalent developmental disabilities. Like ADHD, autism spectrum disorder is a chronic condition, meaning it lasts throughout a person's lifetime. As a spectrum disorder, it involves a range of neurodevelopmental conditions and symptoms which can make it hard to initially identify. This is because every person with ASD is different and can have a range of symptoms that affect their everyday life. Children with ASD commonly have the following difficulties, challenges with social interaction, repetitive and restrictive behavior, sensory sensitivities, and very focused interests. They are also more likely to have a coexisting disorder such as anxiety and can have a hard time managing emotions. For instance, a child with autism may struggle with unpredictability and they may need clear routines and prompting before transitions so they can feel prepared for the next activity. An unexpected change to their routine, whether in the classroom or at home, may cause them to feel very anxious and experience distress, sometimes causing them to become overwhelmed. If you have a child with autism, you know that this can be a very stressful situation for everyone involved. As a developmental condition, there is no such thing as a cure, but there are interventions and support for children with autism that help them develop the skills that will equip them for a successful, fulfilling and happy life. Treatment. Another common myth that's always floating around like a dangerous fog is that children having a mental health struggle will just eventually grow out of it. The mental illness will just poof, go away on its own. The truth is, a mental illness is not likely to go away or get better on its own. It can actually get worse over time if it's not treated. The good news is that many potential mental health issues will not become a lifelong mental illness when children are given the right support and intervention from a professional. And even the challenges that come with lifelong conditions like ADHD and autism can be managed with the right treatment. Different mental health concerns have different types of effective treatments. Therapy is often the best kind of intervention. Though even within the category of therapy, there are many different approaches. This could be family therapy or individual psychology sessions with a mental health professional. And the therapy framework can differ across providers, though some therapies are more effective for certain conditions than others. One approach, cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT, is generally the first choice for treating anxiety and mood disorders like depression. In particular, graded exposure, part of CBT, has proven to be highly effective for the treatment of anxiety disorders. It's a great way for children to build skills recognizing their thought and behavior patterns. CBT involves catching those distorted thinking patterns and replacing them with healthier and more realistic thoughts. CBT can help children to manage their emotions, identify triggers, and learn how to cope with difficult situations without getting overwhelmed by the situation. Play therapy is another common type of therapy for children with mental health problems. Play therapy is a treatment that uses play as a way to communicate with children. It can involve arts and crafts, role play, dance, musical instruments, many ways of creative expression. And the purpose is to enhance their expressive skill sets, boost their self-confidence, and build their problem-solving abilities. Play is a very natural way for children to communicate and learn, 
And so bringing play into the sessions can make therapy feel very natural for them. Particularly for children who find it hard to talk about their feelings, play therapy can be a really effective way to help them work through and understand their emotions. And different approaches to therapy are often combined to meet the needs of the individual child. And while evidence-based approaches are important, what also matters is finding a therapist who your child feels comfortable with and can trust. As clinicians, we call this the therapeutic relationship. The therapeutic relationship is an essential part of the therapy process. Without a good relationship where your child trusts the therapy and feels supported, the therapy will not be effective. An alternative treatment includes the option of medication. Using medication to help children with mental health disorders is becoming more and more common. And they may be helpful as part of a comprehensive treatment plan. However, it's always important to consider the risks and benefits of incorporating medication into a treatment plan. Some questions parents should also ask themselves and their clinician are, is there a treatment we haven't tried yet that doesn't involve medication? How may this medication impact other parts of my child's life? What side effects can we expect? How long will my child have to be on medication? Since children are still developing, there are many, many considerations to make before starting a child on medication. It's important to talk with your child's clinician about all of the available treatment options. And truthfully, medication as treatment should only be considered when all other treatments have proven to be unsuccessful or in more severe mental health cases. As a clinical child psychologist, I know that developing skills and getting the support to help manage mental health early on in life is key, which is why I believe focusing on mental health in childhood is so important. And it's what drives me to do the work that I do. In today's episode, we really only scratch the surface when it comes to childhood mental health. We briefly talked about ADHD, anxiety, autism spectrum disorders, and depression. And in upcoming episodes, we'll dive deeper into each of these conditions and the various treatments and how you as a parent can best support your child. So stay tuned because the next episode will continue our discussion on childhood mental health by talking about anxiety, looking at symptoms, risk factors, trends, treatment options, and more. Until then, you can learn more about my work at drmadelinevera.com. There you can find more resources, articles, and information about childhood mental health and how to get help if you think your child is struggling. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this overview of the importance of childhood mental health. And remember to subscribe to this podcast to get the latest episodes. See you next time.